Welcome to X-Men Evolution Episode 3 of Cyclops is Waiting for Me and X-Men, the animated series, or all X-Men animated recap podcasts. I fucked that up. I am JC. There's a reason why we don't get sponsorships on this show. And the real <laughs> reason is I've just never filled out all the stuff on Spotify for podcasters. That's probably actually why. Oh, I didn't even know that was an option. And I'm yeah, <laughs> I have to do that. <laughs> I'm... I'm kind of in a similar space. I was just telling John before recording, I decided to take a midday nap and I've woken up way more confused than refreshed. So I'm actually, I was thinking about having whiskey for this episode like you normally do. No, you're not allowed to right now. The way way that we're functioning, no. I'm already foggy as it is. So I felt good about remembering these episodes until I woke up from that nap. So this is going to be interesting. Wait, so you watched the episodes and then you took a nap? No, opposite. Oh, okay. Thank God. But... Now I don't know how much absorbed because it, it felt like I was watching the whole thing through a cloud. <laughs> anyway, Cyclops is waiting for me as our weekly podcast series where we're going back and watching every single X-Men animated episode we can, along with some bonus episodes. Our first series started with the original 1992 X-Men, the animated series, building up to the release of X-Men 97. Coming to Disney Plus later this year. Big maybe on that yeah, one, according still- to... A lot of the stuff we're seeing, we have not gotten word on that. I don't think we're going to get word until Comic-Con hits, but is that the, the rumor mill is is saying 2024 right now. My gut tells me next year, because I just we're too close now to, you know, do a big announcement. Well, like, in my other fandom, Mortal Kombat, you know, they announced, what, last month that September release was happening? Right. And even that, to everybody was like, whoa, that's really soon. Because, like, the Mortal Kombat 11 had, like, a almost year-long campaign leading up to the release and anyway so it just feels too close to the fall for it to be late 2023 for that release but we'll see hopefully we're proven wrong by the time you hear this because i think we're getting close to the cons by the time this no this one posts yeah because this will be up early july this episode i believe so very shortly after hearing this we'll probably have you'll probably know news before we do right now time is nope Nope, that's nope. false. Comic-Con's the end of July. July? Sure, I don't go to Comic-Con. <laughs> Some quick reminders. We're we'll a recap show about a series that started over 20 years ago. There are going to be spoilers. If you don't want to spoil, if you pause the podcast, watch this episode, come back. And then we are currently not sponsored or affiliated with Marvel, Marvel Animation, Disney, or Disney Plus in any way, shape, or form. We should, we should actually like go to their competitors. They probably really like that. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, Paramount, can we shout out Beavis and Butthead for you a bunch? Because that would yeah. be dope. <laughs> Don't forget to follow us on social media at Cyclops IWFM Pod on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Facebook. Of course, make sure to follow us on all your favorite podcast services if you want to support the show. We have affiliate links and all uploads, too. We'll make sure to include links specifically for X-Men Evolution now that we've jumped to the next series. Now on to the show. Today, we're talking about Season 1, Episode 3, titled Rogue Recruit. It aired on November 18th of 2000, currently sits at a 7.4 star rating on IMDb. So of the three episodes we've done so far, this is the highest rated. I feel like you used to like show starting like high and then kind of like tapering off and then having like, you know, peaks and valleys and stuff. But this just like kind of started mid, I guess, as far as audiences going. I think we talked about this last recording session. For an animated show, getting in the sevens is still very good. It's not... Yeah. It's not mid. Mid is like you're you're hitting fives and stuff like that. So I think we just kind of get used to the grading scale of like, oh, a seven is a C. And it's like, no, with like TV ratings, a five is like a C, I feel like. And of course, I knew what this was going to be re- just reading the title. I would really hope so. <laughs> this was not a Maverick instance. Yeah, this, this is an uh, origin story for Beast. Uh, <laughs> but that being said, you know, just in, as a broad generality, I, I'm actually kind of impressed of how they changed up the adaptation of this origin story enough to make it Mm -hmm. interesting yeah and it also has different framing on it because you know we can get into the episode we know that mystique is in a prominent role as like one of the big bads of the season whereas in x-men 92 she was kind of just interspersed where needed she was never the consistent like big villain for them to deal with over time yeah and this, I'm seeing more now why whoever the writers were put Mystique in this role because it, it is like their key, right? They can literally just turn her into whoever they want to fit the moment. And it's kind of see- cool having Magneto Ooh. be like, you know, like the Shao Kahn of Mortal Kombat 1. Like, he's not really there. Right. But he's there. Yeah, and I mean, having watched Wicked Tales of Sabrina, there's so much influence of this show in Sabrina because... You know, there was the the big bad of one of the seasons was essentially the principal at the school and like sh- twisting stuff 
you know, from behind the curtain. And it's like, oh, that's literally what Mystique was was doing here, where they were the puppet master, and most people didn't actually realize it. So are you talking about the show recently that was on Netflix? Was there yeah, yeah, no, the, the the recent dark and, and oh, gritty gotcha. one, not the not the Melissa Joan Hart one. Yeah, yeah. Salem, man, that's part of the reason I like black cats at a young age. You know, funny little circle, though, two of the, uh, like, the evil sisters in, not the sis- Sabrina sisters, but you know, like, the three sisters at school oh the the trio yeah the trio, yeah, yeah. yeah two of yeah. them have been cast in mortal kombat 2 the movie as jade and katana it's perfect casting i mean i i kind okay. of remember their acting, i could see like, that just yeah. the way their looks were i'm like yes like yeah. <laughs> so it's all it's all connected x-men literally rod has mortal kombat on the brain <laughs> even though we are an audio show we we're on video together when we're not recording in person so we could you know gauge each other's reactions and such but rod is wearing a mortal kombat shirt today so oh, yeah. You know, this, is just, this is just my like at home shirt. You can see all like the 500 holes in it. Oh yeah, it's gross. Oh. <laughs> if it was a video show though, I would make sure that there was a counter up in the corner of how many times Rod mentions Mortal Kombat today. Oh yeah, that, we we just make that a podcast wide drinking game. <laughs> I don't I don't want to kill our listeners. Know, right? Everybody gets alcohol poisoning. Especially because most people probably listen to us when they're commuting or something like that. <laughs> People sitting around a fucking speaker on a Friday night like it's an old-time radio play. I would love that. Like in A Christmas Story when they listen to Little Orphan Annie on the radio. And then he sneaks into the bathroom so he can decode the message on the little (laughs) ring. So, Cold Open starts out. We find out later that this is formally a school dance, but I called it a clubhouse on the swamp. Did I miss them say that it was a school dance? Yeah, uh, I not, I there, there is a specific a, part where it gets mentioned as a school dance, but that is wild. Yeah, no, visually, that was, that was not party. what I got out of it at all. That was a swamp house party. Yeah, that was just a combination of words. I never I didn't have my 2023 bingo card. And even though she hasn't been called this name yet formally in the show, we see sad rogue leaning on the balcony wanting to be by herself. Mm-hmm. So initial first thoughts, because I know I've been. Like, you know, I've seen a lot of the artwork from this show, and I was in a X-Men versus Avengers short where our robe was actually styled after this version of the character. What were your thoughts on the design for, for Rogue as kind of like the Hot Topic girl? Yeah, it was like the Hot Topic, like Y2K, very Y2K. But also, I feel like this was how someone wanted to dress in high school, but wouldn't be allowed to in most high school settings. Because she basically had like the the bikini top or sports bra on right with like the see-through midriff midriff was it a midriff i thought it was like a see-through shirt oh, but oh, it was midriff. like a, the shirt was a midriff gotcha. showing she wasn't in a bikini top but she was yeah yeah like she had the the mesh covering see-through thing and like i just remember maybe this is a 90s thing and this changed since but like when i was in high school like girls weren't allowed to show their midriff in most school settings maybe during like rallies and stuff all all i know about high school at this point is apparently everybody fist fights their teacher and i only know that because of instagram reels at this point (laughs) so world star (laughs) yeah yeah, i I had this preconceived notion going in because everybody always referred to this rogue as emo rogue to me Mm -hmm. and so i kind of got that they made her like extra pale so i'm i'm keep kind of hoping that's going to pay off in a not problematic way but it's not great so far with the the episodes we've seen so far it's not bad it's just like they're not treating her very well i think she's just not getting a lot of sun that's all yeah yeah (laughs) so we see this you know one of the stereotypical jocks who's encouraging his friend we find out the name of the friend is cody we're using like oh no (laughs) run away (laughs) boy run away i just kind of laughed because it's like you knew what was going to happen real quickly (laughs) I it was once again since the original '92 show was like my X Men origins. I didn't right. know if Cody was part of Rogue's canon like this yes. you know, specifically. So yep. I think man, this is a cool new experience for me because I don't have new you know superhero experiences that often anymore. But it was like the same feeling you get anytime you see like Martha Wayne in a shot. You're like, oh no! Like, <laughs> see, I say oh no about Martha Wayne for different reasons because I'm <laughs> sick of Martha. If we get to Wolverine in the X Men and there is a Rogue Cody scene, I think it'll be yeah. the Ugh, again. <laughs> so, but yeah, I saw Cody on there. Like, oh no, he's yeah. he's a part of that that canon of her origin story. Like, run, boy, run. <laughs> yep. But yeah, his friend kind of points out to him that he needs to go over there and flirt. He's been checking her out all week, doesn't even know her name. And I'm like, wait, they've they've been going to high school together for how long? And here's the thing. My high school perspective is skewed 
because I went to an all-guys school and the times where we would see people from other schools would be like dances and stuff like that. I don't know how you could be in the same class with somebody unless you're in a school with thousands of people in your class and not know who they are. That's right. Where where were they? This was Texas somewhere? No, no. It was Mississippi. Mississippi. Okay, I don't know what the school sizes are like out there. I I just always assumed, because I had a fairly small school too, I think there might have been four or 500 students total and like less than 100 in our graduating class. Right. So same thing, like we all at least knew someone's name, even if we didn't know them. But I just kind of assumed that in bigger schools that that might not be the case. So I I guess, you know. Yeah, anybody who has had different school experiences, let us know in the comments for one of the posts, because legitimately I cannot relate to that i've uh, up until college i was not in a scenario where there were that many people within my graduating class that i wouldn't have known everybody by name yeah so and i guess i guess they could also be young maybe they're just like starting high school quite know, i don't know i i didn't get that impression though i got the impression that she's at least like 15 16 like she's she definitely comes across as older than kitty does to me like at least a year older, you know. Yeah, especially man. We're gonna see more of Kitty, but like, I'm starting to like not love her. <laughs> I don't know. If she's just that annoying to me. So I, I think we're gonna get on a future episode our friend Kit Quinn, who's from the cosplay community. Uh-huh. Who this version of Kitty is her version of Kitty. So yeah. it'll be really interesting to see the different perspectives on that. Well, also another one of our friends that might be on the show with us. He'd said like it, 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 this Kitty Pride was his first crush. And I was like, man, maybe I just have to look through this <laughs> through like high school goggles, you know, because 40 or, or maybe we need more than two episodes of experience with That's this true, kitty yeah. because maybe she gets better over time. But I agree with you. Like, this is not a super likable kitty at this point so far. And it's not even because she's a bad person or a character. It's just a little, little, little too Valley Girl 90s for me, you know. <laughs> I want to say I wrote in my notes for this batch of episodes that Kitty's being a bitch at one point, but I don't want to confirm that until I actually get to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, th- so. I think it's mostly that her responses seem a little like separated from everyone else's in different circumstances. Like yeah. there's like a fight going on. She says some catchphrases. It was just really weird. Cody goes up and the first thing he says is just dance. Like that's how he starts the entire conversation. At first, Rogue rejects, you know, he gives like, kind of sad puppy dog and then she gives that ah, why not we're gonna say this a lot or i am at least I- i'm still getting used to these voices <laughs> i was not ready for that ah you know another one of those examples is like ah, i think this is at least fairly accurate more accurate to like how high school interaction goes i know when i try to build up confidence to ask someone to dance it would it, do, do i wouldn't i maybe not even say dance i would just be like there oh so i guess that tra- that's that's <laughs> way worse rod <laughs> You're just pointing in a general vicinity at that point. Right. Hopefully it's the dance floor. <laughs> uh, jumps over and we see a blind woman sitting in a chair. Did you have the context of who that was? Not at all. I mean, I, this was, so this is where I was like, wow, okay, so this is not going to be the origin story that I thought it was because I don't know what I was, I think I just had tied my, you know, expectations to the 92 series. I was like, who, who is this lady? I guess. Because I, I'm like, isn't Mystique her mom? And then, yeah, and then like, why can she sense her using her powers? It's so it's weird. But I did like her little exposition drop. They kind of not that I needed it because I, I I would prefer characters in the show to just dress like their iconic ways than for me to have an explanation before. So mm-hmm. when Rogue was like covered from head to toe. I was like, I, you know, it doesn't make sense, but I don't care. I like seeing whatever design superhero design they're gonna have be the design. Right, but then this lady actually has like a little bit of explanation. She get, gets on the phone with someone and is like, "I faked her skin condition and stuff." I'm like, "Oh, okay. I don't know what skin condition that is. Like leprosy or you know." But. Just gonna put it out there. Irene is destiny. So remember how on the Joe Slepsky episodes we talked about how Rogue had two moms. Yeah, that's the other mom. That is going to be interesting to see how they play this out in this show then right right because mystique was i guess they didn't fall through with it but originally supposed to be was uh, originally supposed to be rogue's Nightcrawler. father nightcrawler's or, father nightcrawler's, right. yeah, nightcrawler's father right? yes nightcrawler's father yep wow yep. okay so yeah that whole yes. interesting context now the flashes happen and irene sees rogue falling to the ground the little easter egg that you probably didn't pick up on is over irene's shoulder there was a family portrait that showed irene rogue and was a woman who had pearls on her neck, which resembles the costume design for Mystique with the necklace when she's in blue mode. Interesting. Yeah. 
Wait, so are they? Man, now I'm so interested. They are, they are a couple. Point they blank. are okay. Yes. They put that in a 2000s show for kids. If they, I mean, I don't know if they're going to go as far as showing them kiss because I don't think we even got the kiss in the comics until the last four years or something like that. But it has always been known they were a couple. Yeah, I mean, but even even just like implying it, that's a huge step for like not well, essentially a 99 show because that had been when it was in production, right? Yeah. Like, so, yeah, holy crap. So, as Irene sees this flash, she yells, don't touch him, my child. So, you you find out the matri- or the motherly relationship so cuts back. The power that every parent wishes they had when their teenagers are going through puberty. <laughs> Except she sees it before it happens, and then it comes true. So, that's got to be even worse. Right. <laughs> like, it's not like she's able to prevent it because it's like, oh, she only got the notice like 15 seconds before it fell through. Yeah, so that's like the worst superpower, right? So <laughs> Destiny's power is not necessarily to be or to see the future exactly. It is to see probabilities. Yeah, so because that's what she clarified on that phone call. I guess it was Mystique. Then right. on the other side of the phone. It's supposed to be a mystery at this point, but you pointed out all these Easter eggs. I guess if you knew the if I, I and I'm going into it from the perspective of knowing that that is the relationship. So Yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. I like that they, not only are they a couple, but that they introduce them as arguing. That's, that's kind of a cool, like... <laughs> no. Cut back to the clubhouse on the swamp. I, refer, I refuse to call it the school dance. The friend gives Cody a little bit of a nudge, goes too hard with it, and Cody just completely, like, knocks into Rogue and just, she falls on her ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So she doesn't quite have the strength. Oh, that's right, because she hasn't run into Carol Danvers. I'm connecting so many dots right now. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Right now, her power that literally as she gets up, there's, you know, Cody touches her wrist, so there's skin-to-skin contact. And then the color, the way it was handled, they literally did the inverse, like the negative space colors on them, which now, because of the comics, I only identify as Mr. Negative from the Spider-Man series. Oh, nice. Yeah. Who is also in the Spider-Man video game for PlayStation a few years ago. Yeah. I guess that that must be like a preset in like the digital animating software or something. Just like click, click, click. <laughs> oh, dude, I I can't edit video for shit, and I know how to do that in right. Adobe. So yeah. <laughs> but as that happened, Cody ends up fainting. We saw the scared moment in the last episode with Kitty. This is one of those like somebody has their powers happen in a very very public way, mm. and it's kind of like the. Uh oh, are they a mutant vibe from everybody in the crowd? Two things with that. Yeah, that was really interesting to see because I, I, like I said, I'm so used to the story of like, you know, Rogue and Cody just getting it on like in private and then she just kind of, you know, jets when he passes out. Second thing, I, I've mentioned, I, I think I put this as a note in either later this episode or the next episode, but like, I'm still not quite clear how much the public knows about mutants. In this I, think it's, I think it is a very, very small percentage and I think it was still. Just at that dawn of the internet where we were on it because we were nerds, but the majority of people were not regularly on it. Oh, I, I mean, like, in the show. like No, but that's what I'm saying. Oh, oh, I'm okay, saying, because gotcha. remember, if it was written in 99, 2000, you and I were this age. We were literally the age of these characters. Uh-huh. And most of the people I was in high school with were not regularly online at that point. Oh, okay. So you're saying like this show's happening at the time that it was airing. Yeah, I'm so, assuming like, that yeah. when we were juniors in high school, Scott was a junior in high school, basically. Yeah. So because I like said like I think in the original '92 series, the first episode kind of made it clear what point of public knowledge of mutants were. And yep. this one is just it's what, what makes it strange to me is that people don't seem to know they don't acknowledge mutants as like an everyday thing, but at the same time. And maybe it's just because it's the kids and they're younger and more open-minded or whatever. But like, whenever like a crazy power gets revealed, there is a reaction, but it doesn't feel like the magnitude of like an earth-shattering, like that shouldn't happen kind of thing. It's more of like a "ooh, you're really strong." Right. And I think we'll we'll save that for the next episode because yeah. I agree with you on that, and I want to dive deeper into it in the context of 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 that character. But yeah, this one, it's oh, there's something weird going on, but they can't really put their finger on it, and. The friend tries to block the door as Rogue is ready to run out. And that's where we see yeah. something that we only really got in the Carol Danvers episode of X-Men 92, which was not just getting whatever power somebody had, but also in getting part of their memory. Yeah, I like yeah. that. We see that a lot in this episode is her fl- like having flashes of the other person's life. 
Yeah. yeah. And she, so she uses her quarterback, newly acquired quarterback skills to take the guy out. Okay, I don't know football. Was what that friend said afterwards like legit? Like, I didn't think Cook anybody but Cody had moves like that because it just looked like she pummeled him. Is I there mean, a way to pummel someone in football that's a, like a unique characteristic. <laughs> I think it's a like, oh, you're good at football, but I'm pretty sure that, that the guy doing the Heisman move on somebody is not. Okay. a unique thing but <laughs> I, I, I think that was mostly just a story concession of like yeah 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 so they're all like oh that's strange she's just like cody now and then she is running off and she's getting freaked out and she's giving the who am i who am i or what am i mm-hmm. so that's another interesting thing that feels like a little bit of a expansion on the rogue that we knew before was that it not only does she absorb that per- other person's personality but at least at this age it like almost kind of replaces or not replaces it's like taking up more space in her head i'm getting that vibe now that her skill has to be like to compartmentalize that right. really acquired thing or something so that was yeah that was interesting or what would i believe it, that matches up with the comics is it does fade over time as long as she doesn't do like <laughs> you know the crazy power pull like she did to carol danvers in yeah. in both the comics and in 92 so then we see on the phone irene is talking to somebody basically giving excuses as to like yeah shit went down all the possibilities and probabilities i could think of this was one i couldn't expect We knew she was going to get powers, but we didn't know when it was going to happen. And then they start talking about, like, all the ways they've tried to deceive her. And I I don't think I've ever seen a scenario where the parents, at least in the 90s, probably very different with modern stuff, but the parents were the one who was actually encouraging the kid to go goth. Because Irene Irene even actively says the way she dresses. Like, she nudged in that direction. Yeah. Yeah, Make sure she's covered from head to toe. Because now it makes sense. Because Irene can see p- probability, right? She's like she's probably gonna get this like weird absorption power, which that was why I was alluding to earlier. Is like I I like that it had a little bit of a reason, but also Irene had the thought that I thought when on the phone call she implied that like we were trying to keep her from touching anybody. I was like, yeah, a teenager at a party. Have, have no adults ever encountered teenagers before in this show? <laughs> but at least Irene acknowledged, like, she's yeah. a teenager. It yeah. was going to happen. And, and, you know, she's talking to Mystique, and it's like, Mystique was the one who yeah, really yeah. should have known better. Let's be let's be honest. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's The totally one who touches right. literally everybody. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I was saying. Like, Irene was like actually like, so fucking teenagers, man. I can't keep her from touching people. Also, also, I like the implication that even a mutant with the superpowers of probability and foresight still is useless against the teenager's mind. To be fair, <laughs> Rogue didn't even try to touch the dude. It was yeah. it was Cody's friend who fucked everything yeah. up. Well, that's maybe just as a collective, because you were, yeah, I don't know how, and things weren't too wild for me when I was in high school. I don't know how they were for you, but even then, it, it felt really unpredictable because it's like the collective of teenagers, you know, especially in yeah. the 90s where it was like, we were kind of anonymous. So it like, was it was the era before everything was recorded. Yeah, so there's like bonfires and shit in cornfields that no one spoke of since then, and most of us don't remember either. <laughs> Rod, you could have been in a cornfield bonfire last night and not remember it. It's fine. Maybe. I could have been <laughs> this afternoon. I'm still a little foggy from that now. So the, so the voice on the phone says that they're coming, and then we get the a comment from Irene that Xavier and his crew is going to be coming too. So like They all expect each other now. Mystique is very well aware of xavier's crew we don't get the impression that it's the other way beyond knowing toad really because we we don't we we haven't seen a reveal about xavier and crew knowing about lance from the last episode oh yeah yeah except maybe and we'll see this as this episode the next episode go along maybe that the kids have a hint that something's going on right but also mostly because of the events of this episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. Jumps over the mansion and there's a ninja. Yeah. What were your thoughts on the ninja rat? I mean, I felt like it was a setup for just like one of the X-Men. I thought it was going to be a new X-Men, but I was like, this isn't somebody actually breaking in because it, it, ha- it has that danger room vibe, you know, and also Storm's trying to murder this person a little more than normal. <laughs> Storm's like defending the, the mansion, which is an upgrade from the 92 show. They're like defending their place they live yeah <laughs> not just having it be destroyed every five minutes right although she yep. does kind of destroy because she like floods not danger room part yeah she building. floods the the vents that you know this ninja who we find out is wolverine yeah. and just floods all the air vents and then sends him right down into the danger, the danger room. room 
which now makes the auto defense from the last episodes make a little sense. Like they, maybe they do funnel all their intruders into this room. Yeah, and that's it's basically it's basically like their killing field. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah. To do the dungeon. But yeah, it starts out, there's water and ice jokes, and then the not-yet-revealed Wolverine breaks out of the ice, which I think it shows that this is a stronger Wolverine than 92 was, like, from a physicality perspective. Like, he was able to fight and take damage, but he wasn't this strong in the last one. At least I never got that impression. You see, at that moment, I thought that they were going to reveal, like, Iceman was part of the university or part of the institute or whatever because I, I wasn't used to wolverine being like sub-zero and then just be like ah, i'm fine right move on you know <laughs> yeah and i i think you know we've, we've talked about this is like over time comics and powers tend to escalate because like the original Iceman was like making snow and then the <laughs> modern day version of Iceman literally can make a kaiju out of ice to you know to fight giant demons from limbo and shit. So has he, has he gotten to the last airbender territory where he can like control like moisture in people's blood and stuff. Don't remember seeing that in if particular. It, if that hasn't happened yet, I'm going to guess that it's like one of the last things they're going to be able to go extreme with in the future. You know, <laughs> I feel like they haven't touched on it because they've, they've focused on Magneto having the power to fuck with people's blood. Yeah. 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 So I feel like they didn't want to be redundant of doing that at the same time with Iceman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just a thought. But yeah, so you get the Wolverine reveal, and then Xavier shouts and stops the exercise. And this was the most Cyclops moment we've had close to our original 92 Cyclops, where he was just kind of like, I don't get what the point of this was. And it was like a little bit of like smart assy Cyclops. Yeah, we just broke a bunch of stuff in the mansion. Like- <laughs> yeah. And, you know, they, they say, you know, the. The whole point was to show that even the best security systems have weak points. And yeah, I I mean, Toad broke in, so. Oh yeah, maybe this is a response to that. They're like, listen, some gross high school kid just broke in here. It really- Just slobbered all over the place. Yeah. You think of his power set? He wasn't like especially like forceful. He was yeah. just like nimble and drooled. And you see Kitty and Kitty's like, obviously she's only been around this team for a few days at this point or a week or so at most. Because she's still creeped out by everything. Yeah. And nobody else is. Everybody else is cool and chill. And she's just like very judgy. Yeah. She's like, isn't this weird? Nope, just me. Okay. Kitty's like freaked out. And so Kurt's like, this is my chance. So he starts flirting with her while she's like getting freaked out by all the like everything she just saw. Because I guess even though we're used to seeing it, if you think about guy with claws just parkoured his way in, this woman who controls weather is controlling weathers indoors. Yeah, him through the system, and a teen, a fifteen-year-old watched like a grown-ass woman who can control like lightning powers use like laser machine guns in a high-tech danger room to like try to kill this guy that's supposed to be their friend. Let's and let's 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 remember though, if you don't, if you're not used to it, even though we call it the danger room because it's the proper name, it's literally like a giant murder room torture chamber. Yeah. If you're looking at it from an outsider's perspective, so she's watching it, and everybody else is kind of chill. And she's like, "Am I still the new one here?" Okay, yeah. <laughs> Kurt's like, so about danger. I don't I forget what his pickup line was, but he's just he's trying to mack on her. He's really bad at it. <laughs> him him flirting with her is the equivalent of you asking a girl to dance by pointing in the direction of a dance floor. <laughs> there. there. Let's hope so, that it, let's hope that he was raised in a monastery in this continuity too. <laughs> yeah. Well, he did show up in the monk robes in the yeah. in the first episode. Like, so listen, when I asked Father John to go out, it went way better than this. <laughs> So Xavier arrives in person into the room. He assembles the full team and he specifically points out that since it is the weekend, he's going to send everybody. I didn't understand that reference. I thought it was going to pay off later. Was it, did it mean they were supposed to be like equal for everyone? And it would be favorites? I think it was, he's focused on them not skipping school. So that's why they all get to go for the field trip basically. Gotcha. Okay. Because if it was like a Wednesday, apparently he only would have sent the adults or something. Yeah, sent Storm and Wolverine. Yeah, more of the child soldier stuff of the 90s. They point out, and this is how I remember it was Mississippi, because they rolled out Coldcott County, Mississippi, and they point out that the mutant is a danger to themselves. Yes. Yeah. And I guess this is in this continuity where she gets her name. Says that we, we have a rogue. Right. Uh-huh, he said the thing. <laughs> And they say it a few times. And the funny part is, I don't know if that's actually how it played out in the comics, because I didn't ever read Rogue's origin in the comics, like yeah. the actual book. So 
I buy it in this one. I think they used it fairly well. It was a little like pointing at the screen as Leonardo DiCaprio at the first like time. winking. Yeah, yeah. But after that, everything made sense. Like if you were in a military type setting and stuff, yeah. you were, like code name someone you didn't know. You're like our rogue is going. Yeah, this way the the rogue mutant. Blah blah yeah. blah. <laughs> yep. So cuts over and it shows her running through the streets. Obviously. You know, the stuff with Cody has only happened maybe an hour, two hours prior or something like that. She's confused and a car almost hits her, starts screaming at her. Understandably so. Yeah, some woman just down the road. Hop over, everybody goes into the Blackbird. They're letting Kurt fly. It's like his driver's ed lesson. And he starts to to get a little bit cocky with it. Scott is complimenting him. Again, not our Scott. Right. Hashtag not our Scott. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'll be great when we have our friend Scott on. There you go. And he starts flying using his feet. Yeah, the Cyclops is like, oh, okay. okay it's like he got grossed out by it. It was like, yeah. oh, I have to put my hands on that. I wonder if he thought the same thing I thought. I was like, oh, wait, his feet are the same shape of his hands. I mean, I <laughs> I probably thought of that 35 years ago when I saw the, the action figures the action, and yeah. such. Yeah. He also has a suction cup on his knee. He had the suction cups on his <laughs> knee, which was great for playing with, horrible for display. Yeah. And also those things, those are the, the plastic materials that turned like yellow over time. And they didn't work to begin with. No, you had <laughs> the cheap like because when you were kids, you would just be gross and lick them, so it would stick yeah. to the windows and stuff. <laughs> yeah. How did we survive oh, as a generation? Yeah. It's amazing. We have so many immunities now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the reason why most of us survived COVID. <laughs> yeah. Our twenties and drinking, and our childhood in the nineties. Scott mentions specifically that he's cleared their flight path with the FAA. Which I thought was a very weird line, but then all of a sudden, like, the follow-up with Xavier is like, oh, he's impressed that you're handling logistics so well and stuff like that. And then it was, like, the nerdiest moment ever because that impressed Kitty more than anything else so far in the series has. Like, she got turned on by logistics. I forgot that she's supposed to be the Rainiac. I don't. I think they, they mentioned it in her origin episode, but they didn't really like hammer on it too hard. Yeah, so when it was like the only thing she sucked at was gym class. Yes, that tracks. So she's like, ooh, company man. And then oh. yeah, and then so I think this kind of answered some of our questions from before the first episode about like what is Gene Scott's relationship. Gene was like, no, he's just like my best friend. I'm yeah, like, it's a, hot, it's kind of know, a. Like. <laughs> It's kind of a will they, won't they, as opposed to them like being in a scenario. Yeah, it changes so much context because, like, I think was it the, yeah, the first episode where the morning after Scott blows up the stand. Oh, and he's saying, Scott, "Hurry up, let's go," kind of stuff. Yeah, I was yeah. Like, okay, I guess either I'm going to assume it's not like a fairly innocent show. They're not implying that they are just hooking up casually or whatever. Maybe they are. I don't know. But like, it and now it's more of a he's just like a team leader, and they're like best friends for now, kind of. They, or they were the first two students, so they just knew each other that way. Right. Well, and then this scene actually really, like, hammers it home. As Kitty says that she thinks that he's cute, Gina's like, really? He's kind of yeah. stiff. And then does the whole, like, oh, but I guess from this angle. And it's like, oh, she really hasn't explored romantic feelings for Scott yet. Yeah. Or is the first time she sat behind him. No. He said, he said, she said angles like, oh, look at that ass in the spandex. Sitting down <laughs> in a fucking pilot seat, Rod. I don't know. I don't know. I just thought it was funny, though, because even though that whole situation sounds dumb, it's like it kind of it kind of happens. Like you, you kind of, you know, especially as teenagers, like you don't want something until someone else wants it. Yeah. Even if it's a person. Except Nightcrawler wants any attention he could get. Yes. Because <laughs> he's like, wait a minute. And then he decides he wants to teleport and hang 10 on the nose of the jet. I didn't know what the goal of that was. I guess it was just to get Kitty's attention outside, but I don't know what his game plan was once he was outside. <laughs> Doesn't go well, ends up losing his footing, and then teleports inside. And I like how they handle the momentum of his teleports here, yeah. because it shows that like if he's moving in a you know in a quick direction, he doesn't get to stop on a dime. He literally has to follow through with the momentum that was going into the teleport and just yes. barrels into a very not happy kitty. Yeah. <laughs> And she was already kind of like, she just didn't care about him before. Yeah. Really. And now she kind of dislikes him. So he like tipped the scale the opposite direction. Wolverine, I cannot relate to a character more <laughs> than in this show. Because he's just like fucking kids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and I think that's the thing that we didn't get in 92. Because aside from Jubilee, everybody else was an adult. Mm -hmm. Here... You have three adults and a bunch of kids, and it's a very different dynamic. Such a nightmare. I could not even imagine. 
I can't imagine Wolverine, who, let's assume all the aging stuff is pretty consistent, like, you know, would have been in World War II and, and yeah. such. Like a century-ish old. Yeah, and he's now not just dealing with the 20, 30-year-olds of the X-Men. He's dealing with the teen versions of the X-Men. <laughs> I would, I would just be popping claws into people's skulls. Right. I would, I would, I, that would be my supervillain origin story. Yeah, so yeah, he's, he's over it. I think, oh. like, Storm just kind of melts into the background. She's like, Let's Yeah, she's just kind of there. <laughs> Cut over to the airfield. Principal Darkholm, a.k.a. Mystique, arrives. And, you know, we find Destiny sitting in the limo. Explains that the accident happened. Explains what the abilities are and we see even though it has not been expressed that it's the 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 motherly relationship from mystique it's kind of like the consolidation of power of well we can't lose her to xavier and the potential for power is limitless so yeah on top of already knowing like what her power set is it's said is another chip in the evidence of like mutants aren't super common yet because of right you know, both sides are tr- actively trying to collect, for lack of better words, the yeah. teams. And so if it's so finite, because we live in a world now, you know, with the MCU and stuff, where every other person is someone powered. And so in the show, it's like, it is like a really small percentage, and there's like concentrating them into this high school. I'm going to make a prediction, not knowing anything about the show. And people who already watch the show are going to either laugh or, well, I guess they're going to laugh either way at me. But that in a future season, like, the villains are going to move to a separate school and they're going to become rival schools or something. Like, that sounds like a natural progression of this because now they're all in the same place because it's easy to have the narrative there. Without spoiling anything for the show, because like we've talked about, we're only one episode ahead of this with what yeah. we've watched and such. But what you're describing is not different than the Hellion story in the X-Men comics where yeah. Emma Frost had her own separate school and that's kind of like where the bad kids ended up going. Yeah. Yeah. That just, it just feels like, because they're already going by, like, 90s Y2K-like teen movie tropes. Right. And so having rival high school stuff like that sounds seems like a really natural fit for this whole setup. Irene says, you know, Rogue is going to go home, or at least where she thinks is home. And then we see her walk up to a house and grabs a key on the, the roof, which I guess if I guess if you were in a southern state in the 2000s, that felt safe. I've um, never felt safe having a key that exposed to the elements. The most I've ever seen when I was growing up was like the hide a rock or hide a key rock thing, you know, and yep. stuff. Some people who were really trusting did the under the mat thing. I don't think I've ever seen the on the roof thing. That seems really sketchy. Yeah, I mean, I, I literally know somebody who had their home broken into because somebody picked up one of the hide a rocks. So, oh, no, yeah. Yeah. Hey, kids, don't use those. They're pretty yeah. fucking obvious, even to yeah. somebody on meth. Although the kids these days are like, you didn't have your Bluetooth-enabled smart locks? <laughs> no, right. No. <laughs> no internet, remember? <laughs> yeah. Bluetooth meant somebody's teeth were actually blue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, it just sounded like a fucking boomer, and I hate myself for that. <laughs> so the X-Men are in a van, which I just love. Like, they have all this cool stuff. They have this the fucking Blackbird and stuff. They're literally just in, like, a big, ugly van. Yeah. Like we'll be in one of those ones that are in like the after school PSAs. Right. And then we talked about this in the other episodes. This version of Xavier, zero problem probing people's minds without permission. Yeah. He's super. Our, our 92 super. Xavier had boundaries. This one, not as much. <laughs> Which I wonder how much they're going to connect to that thinking of everybody. Like, or just everybody, how we see everybody. If they're leading, they're building up to it, you know? Like, does Xavier learn a lesson through this show where he becomes somebody? with more respect for boundaries? Or is this just a new Xavier that he's just this way for this show? There are different iterations of how Xavier has been read and written in the comics. And mm-hmm. I've seen more of the Xavier who lives in the gray versus the, you know, white knight Xavier. That's yeah. at least what I've read. Cause I, I started reading in the nineties. So he had all, like, that was post Jim Lee era and stuff like that. We'll see Rod. <laughs> when we we cross paths and you get the X Men oh, yeah. or X Men number one issues to to read, I haven't yeah. I haven't read either X Men one or or the original version of Uncanny X Men number one in God at least twenty years. So it'll I'm be interesting. Remember, I, if I ever read number one, number one, 
when I was way younger and don't remember it. Yeah. Or if I had just seen in pieces over all the references over time, you know, cause it's highly referenced, obviously. I mean, that was episode three of the animated series from 92 was yeah. the Magneto story. So yeah. they need to get a little bit closer to properly probe Cody's mind. So they send in nurse Jean. <laughs> so Jean has to really, I mean, they're probably not even thinking this much, but I was going to say like, we were wondering about her age in earlier episodes. She has to be old enough to pass off as like at least an RN, right? <laughs> or practitioner or something. Like. Yeah, I mean, like you could say like maybe like Candy Striper, but like the way they're talking to her, it's like they're inferring she's a nurse. So yeah, Jean has to be like a mature looking 17 year old is how I interpret it. Something. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. We won't think that hard about it. But yeah, she, she goes in there. I guess she's like an antenna for Xavier. An antenna for Xavier. Well, because he's like, I need... I need someone to like. He basically says he needs like his reception doesn't go that far. Yeah, and then they show her, and then it works. I was like, okay, no, you're not wrong. <laughs> Just the Rod Kim phrasing of stuff is is amazing at times. <laughs> Jump over to house Mystique transforms into Wolverine. Rogue is super confused in the bedroom and is confused if she is Cody or not. Like it's. She's not dealing with what's going on well. This is part of what I was mentioning before. Of like, this is interesting perspective that we're able to see that, that, like, yeah, it's just like there's only so much space in there for a person. And right now, it's like majority Cody and Rogue's like hanging on by a thread. Yeah, I want to say in the comics at one point there was like a scenario where she absorbed the consciousness of. I might be getting it wrong, but it was like over a hundred entities at once, and it was like driving her insane because there were so many going on at once. I would fly into the sun. I just, I'm not. If, the, if we lived in a world with real superpowers, like, I don't feel like I'm one of those people that'd be worthy to have them. I if we would if, not have. <laughs> if we lived in a world with superheroes, it would be the terrifying equivalent of the world as if, like, Pokemon were real. We're walking outside is <laughs> a death trap. We, yeah. we as a species would have died hundreds of years ago. Yeah. And, and, but specifically me, it's like, imagine Jack Jack from The Incredibles. He never. <laughs> outgrows his irresponsibility like that's what me with superpowers like you think i have discipline to learn how to use any of that stuff so rogue kind of after you know hurting cody inadvertently decides to destroy cody's room mystique as wolverine jumps in does like the diving you know attack as wolverine so the way i interpret mystique's powers in this world is as long as it is a physical aspect she could mimic it but she is not necessarily stronger in that action because because she made the claws yeah because that's op if she has like his healing factor and strength rogue you know fights back you know runs out and mystique is like all right cool time to swap again and then switches into storm yeah then i I see what is happening is like oh this is actually kind of a smart it's um, it's a brilliant plan yeah (laughs) If, if you know who your competition is and your competition doesn't even know who you are that's a brilliant plan. Cut over to Wolverine, Nightcrawler, and Kitty, who I have abbreviated as WNK, are investigating. Yeah. And then Wolverine. This version of Wolverine, I feel like we get a lot more of the references to him having a strong sense of smell than we did for most of, you know, most of 92. And he says he smells fear. Oh, that's right. Okay. Because I thought it was... Because I guess fear has a pheromone effect or something like that. Yeah, or we, or we learned something about Wolverine and what he's into. He's like, ooh, fear. There's a comment about using a lightning bolt and Mystique throws a flashbang yeah so that goes your te- your thing about like she can't replicate the powers right just like the appearances and clothes apparently we i mean that's always just been a given but like yeah the flashbang thing's interesting and it's a cool thing for us to see but then obviously if you're rogue and you're already having like a psychotic break and running away <laughs> you're not going to know the difference right so as that that happens rogue ends up landing in front of irene Obviously, oh, she recognizes I- Irene her. somewhat. Was that actually Irene? I thought it was Mystique. Is Irene. No, that was Irene. Oh, it was? Okay. That was Irene, yeah. Wow. But Irene is in on it with Mystique because they're like, yep, you need to try and remember what's going on. And she's like, oh, you're being hunted by the X-Men who are mutant hunters. So obviously, there had been enough discussion that the word mutant is something she recognized quickly without questioning it. Yeah. Like, it wasn't like you were hearing the word inhuman for the first time, you know? Yeah, that's that was why I said before. I'm like, I'm still trying to gauge, like, what the mutants are in this world, like, their notoriety. Yeah, because we, and especially this is only three episodes in, like, we don't know, is this a world where there is a Captain America that people knew about since the 1940s? Has the Hulk, you know, destroyed part of New York City? And, you know, <laughs> is there is there a Wakanda? Like, all that is still very, very, just completely unexplored at this point. 
So also again, framing the X Men as who they are basically because yeah, know, I guess I guess you know they're not wrong either though because they're not hunters in the sense that they're trying to kill them, but they are they're oh, tracking. It's not far off. Yeah, it's just they haven't gone to like Craven the Hunter territory. Yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, to date the podcast when we recorded it, I saw a, sh- a shot from the set, and I really hope that is an early part, like pre-origin story Craven, because it literally just looks like a dude in like a leather vest, and it was the most anticlimactic set image I think I've ever seen. That's the dude from Kick Ass, right? Sure. Yeah. I don't know. I and actually wasn't he Quicksilver too, or am I thinking somebody else? Anyway, but this is a Sony movie, right? Yep. So it's thinking, it's like, it's Morbius verse. Yep. Thinking Morbius quality, so that sets up expectation. Which two things I have not watched: Morbius or Get Out. I can tell you which one of those I think you should see if you're going to pick one. <laughs> yep. Get high, watch Morbius. Got it. <laughs> right. It's not even fun doing it that way. It's so bad. I, try, you, I tried. I tried. If you can't enjoy that on edibles, you should not be watching it. But Irene also mentions that they have a friend who can help, and we know that that's obviously some allusion to Mystique. At that point, Wolverine runs in, you know, into Rogue's field of vision. Rogue, understandably, scared shitless of them. Because yeah. they, in Rogue's mind, just tried to kill her. Yeah, she pulls like a glove version of Cinderella. Yeah, so, because Irene was was holding Rogue's hand. When Rogue ran off, the glove came right off too. So It's kind of like that Cody moment where we're yeah. like, oh, shit's going to go down. <laughs> yeah. But to his credit, as sucky as he is at flirting, Nightcrawler read the room perfectly and was able to say, let me do this, dude, because she's scared shitless of you. So I got to give Kurt credit for that. And also, was it he that said that he needs to change his appearance or somebody else mentioned that to him because he decides to go on like incognito. But somebody suggests like, you know, also let's add another layer of comfortable to this. And yeah, yeah, he he's basically says, let me try. And then he switches to oh, Wolverine says to switch his appearance to help. And then he basically says to look after Half Pint, which is his affectionate nickname for Kitty. Yeah, Kitty's still like kind of just over it. Not Kitty over does it. not want to be there, man. She just is like, fuck these people right now. <laughs> so Nightcrawler meets up with Rogue and starts showing the teleporting, but isn't showing the blue. Yeah. And he admits that, you know, he used to be at a point where he was scared to show his face, which was, you know, absolutely alluding to the fact that she was going to see his face in a few seconds. There was no way you were going to say that line and she was not going to see you as a blue boy. And then Kitty fucks up and Kitty tries to tackle Rogue. And then we see Rogue because she still has Cody's memories and skill set. Cody, also apparently a wrestler. Yeah. Because she literally does like a little like shimmy judo thing and just throws Kitty off and ends up hitting Nightcrawler's watch and then he goes blue. And then there's a face touch, and then she just teleports, and Nightcrawler passes out. Rogue teleports to some, like, random graveyard? Apparently there was a graveyard just in that suburban area. That's how I interpreted it. So that that kind of stretches the explanation from the 92 series that you and... Which one of the Joes was with us on the... Slepsky. Yeah. We are talking about, like, where it kind of has to be within thought or line of sight, you know? So, or Rogue just got lucky because... It was the Rogue got lucky. Because she didn't it, teleport into like the middle of a mausoleum or something, or a correct, or, like, yeah, <laughs> like she was not encased half in a in a brick wall or anything. Yeah. Like that. yeah, ends up in a graveyard speaking German, and the phrase that she actually says in German is "I can understand German." Like that's, that's the the phrase that she says to herself, and then she starts like jumping around and teleporting some more. Which sounds like it's a. I think that's the power we all wanted to have as kids when we watched X-Men, right? Nightcrawler seemed cool and like teleporting seemed fun. I she, would, had the, she had the reaction that I thought we would. Okay, this tells me it's a slightly different version than the Nightcrawler from the comics because she doesn't go through the little bit of limbo every time she teleports because that's the part about Nightcrawler that's fucking terrifying. And she has a comment that like she smells like brimstone and sulfur and get nauseous from doing it, which is like the negative part of, aside from being the blue demon looking thing, the negative part of Nightcrawler from the comics is he literally goes into limbo in and out when he teleports. I would love for them to reveal later that Rogue is so goth or emo or whatever that that she's just at home when that happens. So she's actually spending like days in there at a time. It's just like this time dilation, you know? (laughs) Like I'm with my people. To her credit, as much as she already fucked up by doing the tackle kitty's like shit what do i do 
Maybe if I think loud enough, Professor X is going to hear me. Yeah, because she's kind of hopeless. It's just her and Nightcrawler, and Nightcrawler's passed out. And they're the two youngest team members, I think, that we know at this point. All right, they're definitely the newest. I also get the impression they are the youngest, the youngest as well. Yeah, yep. so, yeah, so she's like, if I think hard enough. <laughs> yep. So Wolverine crosses paths with Professor and everybody else, and basically is like, yep, they ran that way came back to get you guys effectively like wolverine was tailing but not doing a great job and then professor x notices that cody's brainwaves are not present anymore which when he said it that way i was like does that mean he died that's a wild i don't know if this is how it's supposed to work in the 92 series or other iterations of rogue but it's not that she just made a cop well maybe she didn't make a copy but that she's emanating a person's consciousness like yeah. actually absorbing the consciousness, not yeah. just not just duplicating it. Yeah. So when like she's in a place after she's absorbed somebody, she reads psychically as the person she absorbed. It's just like I don't know if that's always always how it's been, but that's a wild way to think about it. Right. There are. It, it depends on who's written it because I've seen it written in both versions of it. But yeah, and effectively, he's like, "Could you stop screaming?" <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the kitty, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and this is no disrespect to Lenore. Lenore's screams were epic in 92. If yeah. Kitty's yelling right now, this is the least annoying teenager thing that I've seen. Like, Kitty's not bad right here, so. Yeah, yeah. No. It's, it's also, like, psychically or whatever in her head, so he's just like, oh, shut up. I love this version of Xavier is not like, come, my child. It's like, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> so... Mystique is at the cemetery hiding behind a gravestone, and that's when Jean arrives. Because of the absorption of Nightcrawler, Rogue knows that she's Jean. Mm -hmm. And Jean has a good point of like, he's like, well, if you know my name, then you know me, so you know that we're safe. Right. Which is great logic, except for the fact that Rogue is so new to these powers that I don't know if she trusts what she's absorbing fully yet, which I think is completely understandable. Like, I actually would say Gene handles it basically perfectly of like, here, take this. We're good. It yeah. just gives a communicator to Rogue, which like import. Black yeah. Thing. The neuralizer. Yeah. Like the like wipe your mind thing. Yep. <laughs> but she also does it great where she's like, take this. No pressure. Gene is the best of anybody on this team of communicating. And I don't know if because she's an empathetic person or because she's a telepath and that made her better at interacting with people. But she's so much better than everybody else on this fucking team is. Yeah, like yeah, it's totally. absurdly better. And I also like that Mystique being kind of hidden from view during this scene serves a m- bunch of purposes. But I think one of the important ones is it it shows that like that's the real gene and stuff. So it's not like a trick that we're supposed to watch out for. Yeah, we are not being tricked as the audience. Mm-hmm. So Gene yeah. really recruiting her, really giving her a shot. Yeah. yeah. And it also, you know, to skip ahead to the a latter part of the episode, Mystique does not have eyes on it when Gene does the handoff of the communicator. Mm-hmm. So oh, we yeah, don't yeah, we don't right. know that part. But then Storm arrives, and probably the most opposite of how you would react to meeting Storm, Rogue runs off scared shitless. Yeah, I mean, I might too, though, because <laughs> if, if Storm's, like, done right, she's supposed to be pretty intimidating, right? Like, she's supposed to be a goddess. Yeah, but I think you would just, like, melt. You would be like, can, oh, yeah. can we can we get married, please? Yeah. <laughs> we have a quick cut over. We see Kitty is still next to Nightcrawler. Rogue has gone into the mausoleum to hide from the evil, evil storm in her mind. Yeah, because she she just got attacked by Mystique Storm. Yep, like, with the, the flashbang. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mystique turns into Cyclops and is basically like, you know, angry, shitty version of Cyclops. The one we know. No, it's not the one we know. <laughs> he's, n- he's never yep. evil. He's an asshole. Get it right, Rod. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so they have like a little bit of a back and forth. Rogue runs out of the mausoleum runs into actual Cyclops, and then actual Cyclops shoots the high-voltage wires. <laughs> oh, yeah, because he gets he, he still doesn't have the control that Xavier's trying to teach him. Yeah, he's he, not, he's it was like... get knocked off, and then he just... Or no, they don't get knocked off, because visor's on, but I guess maybe he pushes a thing or something, or... Well, he does, he just let it loose by accident. Yeah. So, yeah. Man, I'm just he needs to be better at this. He's like, yeah, I guess it is. Like, he still needs to learn control is the conversation here. I, I don't know if this is how it's supposed to go, but the vibe I'm getting from Cyclops' powers in this universe is it's like holding your pee or something. 
Because if he just loses his control for that moment, he'll just like just piss himself, you know? Yeah, and I, I'll even say like when you look at the next episode without revealing any of the story points, but when he shoots the optic blast, it's a little bit more like Kylo Ren's lightsaber where it's not okay. held together as well versus compared it. to like Darth Vader's where it's like a very clear perfect blade kind of scenario you have that like fracture crystal yeah <laughs> it's making it very unstable yeah rogue runs back in and then there's like angry gene <laughs> which is obviously mystique again and then rogue just like just fucking teleports into the air she's like fuck this i'm out which again we know it's a different team because nobody is breaking ceilings and skylights yeah right they're, they're being courteous they're using doors and stuff while rogue teleports into the air storm's like approaching again because they she's already freaked out by her she like accidentally touches her because she still has like the unglowed hand or whatever and right then, like the yeah then the worst case scenario happens rogue gets storm's powers everybody has that look to each other like oh shit well and we've <laughs> we've seen this in yeah. 92 but it was a different scenario of a older more mature controlled rogue getting storm powers and it was even too strong for that rogue so this is the yeah. one with literally zero control over her abilities not only does she not have control over storm's power she doesn't have control over her own there's like this double magnification of chaos and she just she floats into the air kind of like i know you haven't seen this but max in stranger things season four when she gets possessed by vecna when your favorite song on earth starts playing that's when that, that song like, plays it's one of the okay yeah so like it's it's like max getting possessed situation or any of the kids that get possessed in stranger things right situation so it's like or, i i would say it's a little more like the third impact from evangelion but sure okay yeah I haven't watched that, <laughs> but it, it, it's just, it's like that the power is so untethered it's like if storm was doing all the work to keep you know all the the power contained Right. It's not happening anymore. So there's like a monsoon, a thunderstorm, yeah. the apex weather event is happening. Yeah, and Storm has effectively like fallen into a bunch of water that has piled up by one of the mausoleums. Jean has to create a shield, protect herself and Cyclops. And they point out that she's like, oh yeah, she has no control over this right now. We're probably going to fucking die. Yeah, we're going to die right now. <laughs> and then Jean also rescues Storm and there's a passed out Storm. Well, Cyclops runs over to get Storm out of the, that giant puddle, yeah, yeah. grabs her, and then Jean raises them all up very quickly, mm -hmm. which I don't know why Jean just didn't raise up Storm from the water. I don't know why Cyclops felt the need to run over there, and then she had to save all of them. But They're still working on their team skills. <laughs> their tactics are not as strong at this point. Yeah. So in the midst of all the chaos, Rogue just suddenly teleports away. It's kind of unclear if it was intentional or if it was just a result of having so much like chaos happening in her head. But she's gone. The crazy weather thing happening just immediately stops because she's not in proximity anymore. I guess that's how it works. Yeah, which we've seen that with Storm in, in various iterations where mm -hmm. if Storm was to leave something quickly, the control that they have over the weather would disappear with them. So. And then Wolverine mentions that he's, he sniffs and he smells Mystique. So, well, I, the X-Men get there, first uh -huh. of all. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. And then Nightcrawler's still out cold. Xavier is like, we kind of fucked this up. <laughs> we need to give her time and definitely suspects that somebody else is involved. Then Wolverine sniffs a little and says, oh, it's Mystique. And I think this is the first time we're hearing them acknowledge Mystique, right? The X-Men? Yes, and it's specifically Logan who who does. So there's a history with them. I mean, obviously, Mystique knew about Xavier because the last episode is like, I bet, you, or two episodes ago, I bet you wiped your mind. First Mystique episode because like, it was about Toad. Toad, yeah. It was like, I bet you wiped your mind. So we knew that, but yeah, so the X-Men have had like an actual like interaction with Mystique at some point. At, at the very least, Xavier and Wolverine, Wolverine at minimum. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Kitty wants to follow and they're like, no, we have to we have to take care of ourselves first. We, our own, yeah, we have two passed out people, right? Yeah, we kind of fucked up. Kurt wakes up and Kitty is actually excited and welcoming to him and not awkward and i don't want to say like hateful but just also like she doesn't she's not creeped out at least anymore i think at this point we kind of i think this is what they were going for was that especially with like the the character that's always supposed to be the over studious student you know they has like kind of a a mask of disgust with someone and like this like kind of traumatic experience like takes that down so she's like oh no i kind of did care about you you know and <laughs> so when he wakes up Kitty's like, oh, my fuzzy elf. And the most awkward thing with Cyclops. He mouths fuzzy <laughs> <Yeah>. elf. <laughs> it was so funny because 
I know that there's not a subtle way of animating that in the style that they've decided the show to be in. No, because we don't get the level of mouth movement yeah. that if if somebody is just pantomiming it, yeah. it's not the same. And it's like, did they forget to give Scott dialogue here? It was Yeah, because his jaw just drops. Yeah. The full, he's like, Fuzzy Elf. <laughs> and I get it, man. It's like the fist bump under the table, you know, like, yeah. 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 <laughs> it was hilarious. So jump back over. Rogue is talking to Mystique back at Bayville and just be like, yep, welcome to school. You're going to wonder if some of the students are starting to catch on. A bunch of like very strange kids are starting to enroll in the school. Right? Like, <laughs> like Toad was already there. We know that Lance has just joined. So I don't know. Maybe Lance knows how to keep his fucking mouth shut. Now there's the new goth girl. Yeah. Also, like, wings of the building are, like, getting destroyed every couple weeks. Well, what if we had... We've only had so the destruction... The principal's office and the hallway. No, the principal's office was the... Oh, that was the other school. That was, that was right. the other school. Yeah. That was Kitty's I school. Keep, I keep mixing those up. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Okay, so we'll see, I guess. Yeah, I mean, we've only had the faulty gas tank at the football game. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and then we see Magneto arrives i can't figure out is magneto a psychic representation or is he appearing there physically i think it has to be physically because he's moving like the paper clips and shit yeah yeah he he has the presence that the netflix marvel shows had of the purple man with david tennant you know where he's like yeah in the shadows i think it's even more ominous than that though because like tennant's purple man he had no power beyond mind control stuff here he's like appearing out of shadows like fucking dracula style <laughs> yeah and he, you, we haven't even seen his face yet that's how like in the shadows he is yeah. like, everything's kind of darkened in his face in this is kind of like the worst episode of the animated series with jubilee's fairy tales with the yes. the robots that you don't see inside their the helmets yeah. i personally i so far i like how ominous are making magnetos really set him up as being the big 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 bad you know right Hopefully it pays off because I don't know. Because as much as I loved X Men '92's Magneto, we just got used to him. He was like somebody else in the show. He didn't. He seemed like he was powerful at moments. I don't feel like he was like this. What we had for a little while in the MCU was like a Thanos level threat. And in yeah. this show, they're setting Magneto up to be like that version in high school. That sounds dumb, but like you know, there's something greater than just like not you know having your prom screwed up or something. Right. And if we want to go to the the Buffy allegory, there was that one vampire in the first season that was the most powerful and just was the puppet master of the entire first season. That's kind of what Magneto is like, even though he's not in the direct conflict scenario. I guess also from what you and other guests have told me about like Magneto's various teams in the comics, this kind of leaves a lot of possibilities up for like what he's trying to assemble. Right, and then he basically is like, yeah, she's going to be a great addition to to our team. So you get the impression of like, oh, are we getting rogue on, you know, the the side of devils kind of scenario? Yeah. Especially with the bad stereotyping that we would have all done back in the, you know, that 2000s era of the goth girl has to be the bad girl. Like it was not, you know, it was the nerdy girl could be redeemed, but the goth girl was the bad girl. That was kind of like the trope of the time, at least. It's so funny you say that because I was just I hating was, hating on goth people. I know you were. Yeah. Well, no, I, I was just really recently. Long story short, I I posted something on TikTok that kind of popped off again about nostalgia stuff about graduation songs, and I posted on Facebook like, "Hey, my my high school class, what was our senior song? I can't remember it." You know. Yeah. And that reconnected me with a bunch of people. There was this one specific girl who was that goth girl. She listened to Manson. She wore the shirts that got banned from school every time because it had Manson's face on or whatever. And stuff. Right. She was she was the closest thing in Indiana had to a goth girl. <laughs> And then I'm like catching up with her on Facebook. Girl got married last year. Has gone into like youth ministry. It's like it's so. I was like, it's the, it. is the but inverse like, of what her personality was back then, kind of thing. Yeah, I was like, yes, that's you never know. You yeah. know? <laughs> Rogue might be a youth pastor now. And then the episode ends with Rogue walked out of the principal's office. She's in the hallway. You see that she does still have the calm. Magneto had basically asked, like, are we sure that you know she doesn't have any positive memories of the X Men? Implying that there was a little bit of a mind wipe on that side too. That was a like open ended yeah. question mark for me. Of, like, yeah, that was going to work. Yeah, like, is there somebody doing just, like, fucking 70 mind wipes a day? Like, that seems, <laughs> it seems to be, there's a lot of implied mind wipes, but you're not seeing any mind wipes. Yeah, and then yeah. 
we'll talk about this in the next episode, but it feels like the, only the adults think that. The kids are far more aware. Than or they, oblivious to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, they've all been mind wiped daily and nobody remembers it. I kind of got with the context we had in this episode is that the way Rogue's powers work are so chaotic and fucked up. They're just kind of counting on that just to, you know, it's like a, it was all a dream. You know, right. You know, or uh, or when she starts to lose the power of whoever she absorbed, her memory is fuzzy from that time frame. Oh, she's like a save point. A very like, bad save point. But but when it goes back to the other person, maybe they have the memory, that would be fucked up. Wouldn't that? That is not the case. I could t- That I could tell you is not the case. Because Cody isn't getting those memories from okay, Rogue yeah. going and getting attacked in his house and stuff. That would be the most traumatic power ever. (laughs) Because not only are you like putting people into fucking comas, but then whatever trauma you had when you had their power, they then absorb, that would suck. I feel like that's going to be whatever Gen Z's interpretation of Rogue is going to be. Generational trauma Rogue? Yeah, like where she passes it back to whoever (laughs) she absorbs. Man, I mean, that's... Rod, that's fucking dark. It is, but I mean, that's a, that's a that's a way to complicate the story. That's interesting. We'll pitch it to Marvel. Only other bit of trivia, because Fuzzy Elf was the one that I actually saw online for this one, because I didn't understand what he said when he mouthed it the first time. But aside from that, when the chase was happening and Rogue runs into Irene, Irene calls her Rogue, which nobody has called her Rogue aside from saying yeah. she is the Rogue. They were calling her... Anna, which we all know is is Rogue's real name. The theory is this was either a goof, which is entirely possible because Mm -hmm. sometimes stuff gets fucked up in a recording booth or something makes it past a proofreader, or because of Irene's power set, it was actually her inadvertently saying the name before Rogue actually took it on herself as a code name. I feel like it probably wasn't that to begin with, but then after the fact, the writers were like, yeah. You're like, that works. That's it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that is, that's everything for this episode. What's yeah. funny is our normal episodes of 92 were usually 50 or so minutes. Mm-hmm. Every one of these has been more than an hour. Right. And I do think it's just because it's the first time we're watching any of it. So Yeah, so lots of questions on both sides. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, lots of interpretations. There's there's le- it's less loaded for us because we don't have our preconceived notions of how the rest of the series was going to go. Yeah, but still once again, still really enjoying it so far. I like the kind of new perspective on Rogue's origin story, also learning that Cody's part of her canon. Yep. I mean, that or that that's Yeah, no, the Cody specifically his name is part of the canon, it's not just a random boyfriend. All right. Thank you guys for joining us. If you have any thoughts, make sure you drop them into the comments for either the YouTube upload or the official Instagram of this. And then make sure to fight Rod in the TikTok (laughs) comments because that's my favorite part of the week. If you like what you heard, we appreciate a rating on the podcast app of your choosing. Find us on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and CastBox. We got one more of these to go tonight. I'm still foggy but sober. (laughs) 